0: Hi hey everyone, thanks for joining us today for the latest 9320 Pod, a preview of this weekend's games, in particular, of course, City's Trip to Southampton. I'm Steve Tudor, and with me today we have Asan Naeem and the very hungry Howard Hawking.
1: <laughs> always hungry, Howard Hocking.
0: Always hungry. Um, we're going to start with a, a general topic which has emerged this morning, uh, something that's kind of dear to my heart, and I'm assuming the same goes for you two guys which is the Scum newspaper, and they've done it again. Um, A day before the 28th anniversary of Hillsborough, Kelvin McKenzie, that vile, loathsome individual, has written about Ross Barkley's attack in a nightclub. His words, I'll just read them out for you here. The reality is that at £60,000 a week and being thick and single is an attractive catch in the Liverpool area where the only men with similar pay packets are drug dealers and therefore not at nightclubs as they're often guests of Her Majesty. Way to stereotype and way to... Oh, mate, I need to be sick. It's absolutely disgusting. I, I,
1: What's the opening question?
0: My question is... Should, I mean, the Sun is already banned from Liverpool and Newcastle has been known to ban uh, certain critical newspapers and, you know, Ferguson was not immune from banning individual journalists. Should clubs, and I'm thinking here, you know, Everton as well as Liverpool, should clubs ban newspapers when they quite clearly cross the line?
2: The first thing to say, the the Sun's not banned at Everton, are they? No. The mayor's been on Twitter today, having a, you know, demanding that the, the act on this, and I find that surprising. Uh,
1: the mayor, I think, of yeah, yeah, has been on.
2: Twitter yeah, I think okay. it was a mayor. Yeah, well, he's got mayor in his. Uh, and he's never Tony, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. So the sun. The problem we've got here is just a starter. Uh, obviously, the vile stuff said about Liverpool is by a non. I and mean, we we all agree on the sun. I think we're coming from the same place there. Do you ban it for non-football? You know what non-football journalists say and are you just going to make things worse by banning journalists? Obviously, Calvin McKenzie's not a football journalist and as much as I hate some of the football journalists, there's some decent guys. Uh, Martin Blackburn, for example. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's a he's a good journalist. Uh, I don't think I have a problem with him. Agreed. But The problem is with the paper as a whole and do you ban them? I'm surprised Everton haven't because of their association to the uh, to the city. Uh, but, Ace, uh, I mean, what do you think? I, do you think we should just ban? Problem is, does it change anything? I know it makes people feel good that we've banned someone, or do you ban individual journalists? Or, and where do you draw the line from it? That's the problem. Where do you draw the line? I think it's- I mean, with the sun, it's pretty clear cut. Any sane.
1: But it, clear, but it isn't clear It is clear, but it's just, what as you just of, pointed out because no, I Martin mean, Blackburn I is nice. one of the best city writers yeah, yeah. out there so my, all, my feeling my personal feeling is that every football club in the country should ban the Sun they should just say we will not accept Sun journalists at any of our press conferences because that what Kelvin McKenzie has written this morning is a fucking disgrace I mean, I'm whether you come from Liverpool or you come from Manchester or you come from literally any other working-class place anywhere in the world, you should be infuriated by, by what Mackenzie's written. And I think that I think the sun is a, a how do I say this? It's a, it's, a very, it's a very particular example, and I think that in, in their case. The simple thing to do is just to ban them and just go. You know what? It's, until there is a fundamental culture change at your publication, you just can't come here and leave it at that. And I, I'm saying that as somebody who, hopefully, Martin Blackburn will still come on our podcast after, <laughs> after we've said that. And I would like him to come on, but I understand if he if he won't come on. But that won't change me saying that from my point of view absolutely City should ban The Sun I don't think that I actually think that there's a, a I think we're talking about two different things here, I think in the case of The Sun we're talking about banning a publication as opposed to banning a journalist which is I think is a slightly different different case I think that if you would- want to talk about what Mike Ashley did where he was banning specific journalists who had written Anti or negative Newcastle articles. I think that's a slippery slope to nowhere, and I know that there's a yeah, lot of blues who say, "Yeah, but that's where." Where
2: do you draw the line with that? Where, you know we can't stop criticism. We don't want some pravda or some in-house TV company. You know. And criticism
0: is often subjective as well, which exactly, the the got,
2: There is no agreed line on when criticism crosses a line. We might all have our different opinions. I'd hate to have a go at Martin because at the end of the day. It's his job, and I feel very uncomfortable. You know, people. What if I was offered a full time? I mean, it's not going to happen, obviously. If I was offered a full time football writing post at the Daily Mail tomorrow, you know, I'd be very hard pushed to say no to that. Even though I despise the newspaper because I'm being paid to write about football, and I'd hate to have a go at individual journalists because they're just be, you know, because it's his job and it pays his bills, and you know. Yeah, I wouldn't want to criticise him for the actions of the hierarchy. And even if the, thing, the thing with the sun, sorry, just quickly, is they they will put forward this argument at the time of the Hillsborough, different people in charge, different times, they've changed, blah, blah, blah. But they've rehired Kelvin McKenzie, so it completely blows away their argument that, mm. that they're a different, more...
0: Uh, well, th- their apology was a disgrace in itself, anyway. Yeah. When when they did actually publish an apology, um, it was just mealy-mouthed, and it, it took further little digs, you know. And it that was just outrageous Look, in itself. A,
1: he's 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 still a Charlie Umbrella November twat, do you know. What I mean, there's just no. Oh, there's a long
2: read on him on the internet. I can't remember where it's from. And if you see what he has, I mean, bear people will not know ninety percent of what he got up to as an editor. Yeah, I he's, I'm not going to get upset by Kevin Mackenzie. Such a dis, dis, vile piece of shit that I'm really not going to be upset about anything he says anymore. How do you think? City I think he even something? knows he knows he is. I think he even gets off on it. He's just, he does. Katie, he does. He's a troll. is just a male. Troll. Yeah, Katie Hopkins, and I'm not going to get upset by people like that anymore. But you know, it's a separate argument that the sun are they represent the sun and The Sun are happy to employ them and put those views forward. So,
0: well, yeah, they publish their words. The Sun are absolutely equally culpable, as vile and loathsome as Mackenzie is. It the words are printed in the Sun newspaper. And you know, as as we're discussing here, should clubs ban newspapers? I think there is a separate example here it has to be viewed in isolation. This, um, in just their behavior in recent years, um, towards particularly Merseyside. I think the sun should absolutely be banned uh, throughout football. That's my personal opinion. Anyway, absolutely.
2: yeah, I think we're we'll agreeing that. I know there is an argument away from the sun. Uh, keep your enemies close to you, and I know that. I know, you know, journalists who are at the press conferences said they've had bollockings a lot of times uh, after press conferences about what they can say to Pep. how they'd speak to him and stuff like that. So, I know that those at City do try and keep them all in line and keep them yeah they don't, I, I, I they don't the just let them there. say anything i mean you might think it's not working very well because you still get idiotic questions a lot or and keep getting asked about the same thing but it's they don't have a free reign at the club thing is i, I see i do see the reasoning in that and that
0: applies for you know the manchester even news or the daily mail or whoever it is but with a son let's say it was a blanket ban um, how would City kind of suffer from that? Considering I don't think I've, I can ever recall, you know, seeing a positive write-up of City in the past ten years in that newspaper, anyway. So you know, let, let's say that, that the sun kind of go negative on us. Well, how does that change anyway from from the status quo?
1: Yeah, no, I, I completely agree, and I just I, I I think that you know, I think I just don't think it'd make a difference to to the club. I don't think it would adversely affect the football business of Manchester City if they banned the Sun from all of their official press events. Well, also, Asan, I mean, let's
0: just say as a purely hypothetical situation that Manchester City came out, to not that they're going to, but Manchester City came out today and said, we regard the the latest kind of uh, actions by the Sun to be despicable and in solidarity with Liverpool Football Club, we are hereby banning the Sun newspaper from press conferences. The positive news you know the coverage they would get from that would be extraordinary yeah all of i mean you know bear in mind as well we're quite you know a deeply unpopular football club let's face it due to the past kind of you know since 2008 uh, we have lost our kind of um, you know popularity that would reclaim a sizable portion of it anyway so purely in terms of pr it, it would be you know not that it should be done for pr purposes but that would kind of really go down well basically with a lot of people
1: Yeah, but I think that's secondary for me. I think I think. Yeah, absolutely. It's not going to happen. It's about you know the idea of. I I don't think that. I I mean I think it's pretty crazy that in a week that has seen what happened um, in the lead up to the to the Dortmund Monaco game, for somebody like Kelvin McKenzie to write what he's written about a professional footballer being attacked. Randomly in a nightclub. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a little like I, I feel as though we we yeah. It was just like a parallel universe thing for me. I find it unbelievable. I I I didn't believe when I read those words. I didn't believe that, that I thought it was like a wind up. I thought it was like an internet like one of those things you know like fake news type things where somebody yeah. st- sticks a picture up with a caption and it's like, actually the bloke never said that. I was convinced it was one of those because I just couldn't, for the for the life of me, imagine how any kind of newspaper that 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 has like a you know aspirations to to have people buy their trash would would write something like that. Because who's buying that? Who's buying the sun? Poor people are buying the sun. Oh. So poor people are buying the sun. So have the sun tell them that you know poor people can only make money from being drug dealers. Things like that. I, I, it's. Or being
0: a thick and single footballer yeah, because, you a, know, he's a footballer. So, being, yeah.
1: being a thick and single footballer. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Not like Vincent Company isn't one of the most intelligent men. Full stop. Yeah. Never mind in, in football. But yeah, let's just again, let's play up to certain stereotypes. But I guess that's all the son are good for.
0: Well, that's exactly, that's a good point to end on as well and, and kind of move on from. Although, can I just add as well that the Sun apologises or at Sun Apology on Twitter, uh, when they've put it up, their first reply is from a certain Peter Reid, who said, love to have a quiet word with Mr McKenzie. And I think we could all, you know, would really quite like that too if uh, Peter Reid could be just Indeed. found in a room with Kelvin McKenzie. Oh,
1: hopefully they'll put a camera <laughs> on the wall so we can watch
0: Yeah. It with his sharp. Just and... some audio would be quite good at... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Ah, so go on, Mr. moving on to this weekend, uh, it feels like every weekend's a pivotal weekend, and a defining weekend. But certainly, you know, as we, as we get closer and closer to the finish line, it's it's increasingly feeling that way. Uh, and with that in mind, our opposition are not the best, really. Uh, we, we could have faced easier fare this weekend, considering our recent track record against the Saints. Um, Ace, I'll start with you. Um, before we move on to kind of team selection, et cetera, just how do you feel about the prospect of facing Southampton at this present
1: time? Yeah, I mean, it's a good test because I think that we, uh, I like tests. I'll be honest mm. with you. I, 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 I think that when you're a top team, which we are and we aspire to be, I think that, you know, you kind of, there, there is that, there is that, percentage of games that you go into sort of going well you know we have to win this because we're we're so much they they, those games aren't particularly interesting because it's like you have to win and if you don't win it's the end of the world whereas I think that Southampton I, I kind of I would put them in the same bracket for example as Everton in terms of going that's a test for us that's that's a an interesting test um how do I feel about playing them right now? Coming off, As I say, coming off the back of the whole performance, which I thought was pretty good, uh, off the back of the disappointing results against Arsenal and Chelsea, I think it's a must-win for, for many, many, many reasons. Um, but I think the most important reason for me is that the thing that disappointed me the most about Arsenal and Chelsea was that, OK, we're out of the title race, but I felt like, even if we're out of the title race, what playing Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea in quick succession after Monaco what it allows us to do is it allows us to say okay even if we're out of the Champions League even though we're out of the title race between now and the end of the season we're basically putting the fear of God in teams for next season we're, 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 what we're going to do is basically show that we've performed below our level but we can actually perform at a higher level and I've not seen that yet and I think that was really disappointing it was really disappointing against Arsenal it was really disappointing against Chelsea Hull was an okay performance, but it kind of felt like a performance that was an okay performance coming off the back of, or a good performance coming off the back of two disappointing performances. What I'd like to see against Southampton is a very, very high-level performance, the type of performance where we almost forget who the opposition is because we play so well that the opposition don't really get an opportunity. Okay. Okay. Howard, um, I've got a twin barreled
0: question for you, sir. Oh, nice. Firstly, um, memories of last season with a 4 2 defeat and Kolarov strolling back and Marnay's kind of hat trick, etc. Is that a concern for you, or is that just a, a different time, different team, different situation? And the second question is Is it also a concern, perhaps, but it's a tea time kickoff? Do lunchtime, tea time kickoffs ever worry you more than 3
2: pm kickoffs? Yeah. Uh I'll do the second one first. The ones mm-hmm. that worry me are Sunday lunchtime. I can't say lunchtime if you're Mancunian, by the way, but uh, <laughs> dinner time. <laughs> but the ones I hate are those Sunday uh, one o'clock ones. I don't I've not seen any stats, but we appear to be terrible at them. I don't know. And the atmosphere yeah, you know, if we're at home Sunday, no one's interested. Mm. Uh I don't think half five I don't I don't think it makes much difference. Uh but I think early kickoffs are worse in my head, though probably the statistics show something. Uh, yeah, it, it does worry me because does it matter? Yeah, I know mm. did, did past performances matter? Well, the kind of they remind me of Liverpool in a way. Yeah, you know, the high-tempo midfield that we seem to have struggled with, and mm. we've seen some terrible performances at Southampton, and that's what you worry about. Yeah, uh, really uh, less worries. worried, less worried than last yeah. season. Yeah of course I, I mean I've, I just don't know what to think about Southampton they've been up and down this season I watched them a couple of weeks ago against Bournemouth and they started really well the Southampton you expect to see then they really faded Bournemouth were better side second half and but we're quite, quite used to teams putting in a 90 minute performances against us and energetic team I think I don't know if Gabby Dean is a great purchase so far he's back might start might be on the bench and uh, you know, that's and they've got some really good players around the team. Uh, I'm worried. I'm always worried, obviously, but <laughs> I'm slightly I'd be more confident than I was last season, I think, because, yeah, if you look at that team, I'm expecting a performance. Look at what we can put out there. We, we are the better team still, and I think we will create chances. And I'm kind of almost more confident away from home than at home at times at the moment so our record's cool. good uh, I would expect us to score at least a couple of goals so it could be down to how well we shield our defence Ok well
0: I mean moving on to that then and how well we shield our defence what makeup of defence are you expecting um, Asan if will go to you first mate, uh, let's start you know, right at the back, Bravo or Willie, who do you think will start
1: yeah, see, I think he's got to play Bravo again, because if he doesn't and he changes it to Caballero, then then I'm going to be like, what are you doing, Pep? Like, yeah. Like, you know, don't, don't rotate keepers week by week, no matter what he said in his press conference, because I, I appreciate that in his press conference yesterday, he did seem to imply that he'll just kind of decide week by week, but...
0: Well, just to interject there, just in, in case anyone missed the quote, he said every weekend I will decide who is in goal. Last week I decided on Claudio, and Saturday I will decide again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I don't I don't buy that. I, I he knows already who he's going to pick in, in, in goal. Um mm. and I suspect that it will be Bravo because I don't think that he'll I as I say, I don't think he'll rotate goalkeepers. And I don't think he'll view what Bravo did against Hull in terms of that goal as being solely Bravo's fault. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
0: Well, Howard, moving forward. Me, Sam, yeah. <laughs> I hope he's wrong, but yeah. he's probably well, right. Um, another contentious
2: issue is... I
1: hope I'm wrong. Sorry. I, I just. Uh, do you mind if I just... No, I want Camiello
2: to play, is what I'm saying. Why? Because he's a better goalkeeper at the moment. So,
1: so you mm. really think it was? It was. So you really think that goal was down at Bravo?
2: Oh no, i just. Yeah, we've been over the goal. I just don't think he's. I don't know. I just don't have confidence in him. Simple as that. So. Okay. But uh, but I do still appreciate that he's. Yeah, we discussed this on the last, the last pod. Yeah, i Essential that. to our build-up play, he is essential. So. Uh, and he offers more than anyone else could for that. So, yeah, he launched the tax for us. So, maybe it's not that big a deal for me, but yeah, I just, I don't know, I just feel a bit more confident seeing Caballero there. It's just, just the gut feeling that, well, I think the defence... Well, ahead of EVA, keeper, Howard, will
0: company start? There's a lot of talk on Vinny possibly starting again. Uh, what's your gut feeling on that
2: one? Uh, yes, I reckon once, once a week. Yeah. So, you know, he comes through this, he'll play at Wembley. I think, but you know, no idea what Pep's gonna do. He could put two midfielders in central, <laughs> <laughs> but I think, yeah, my gut feeling is he'll start uh, okay. uh alongside Stones, probably. Oh, I would imagine. Yeah, I echo that, yeah, yeah again, i he'd do, he'd do that because I... yeah, uh, but then again, he won't play call of ever at left back, will really, he? So,
1: no, and also, I feel as though. I don't know how to say this. Like Southampton are a good football team, and yeah. and I think that tomorrow's one of those games where afterwards, when everybody goes, oh, why didn't you pick company? Guardiola's going to go. It's about the build-up. I I I wanted you know players that were strong in the build-up because Southampton are going to press high, and you are going to need players who are comfortable on the ball and good in the build-up, and I think that. Yeah, I, I think it'll be. I think that's why Bravo will play. I think it'll be Collaroff, and if it ain't Collaroff, it'll be Otamendi. But more than likely for me, it'll be Collaroff.
0: Well, I mean, don't forget you started company against Chelsea high pressing with with up against Costa.
1: Yeah, see, I think I I see that slightly differently because I think that against Chelsea, um, I suspect that their physicality and Costa's physicality. I think that he will have looked at it and gone, if you're ever going to put Vinny in today, this is the game to kind of of put him in. Um, Whereas I, I kind of don't see, like that's the thing, it's horses for courses for Guardiola. And I think that it makes sense against a big physical number nine, a top team that are also a physical team in a game like the Chelsea game, where he probably would have taken a point before that game. Um, to to put somebody like Vincent in there. But ultimately, we're going to Southampton to win. We're going to Southampton to dominate the football. We're going to Southampton to play Guardiola football. I just, I don't see how, I don't think Vinny fits into that. And I know that Pep said, again, I know that he said yesterday that absolutely Vinny's got a future at the club. I just don't see where that future, how and where that future is. Because he's already said, previously, going back months and months, When asked why Vinny wasn't picked in a certain game, he said, because I want players who are strong in the build-up at the back. So he's already pretty much said, I don't think the company's strong in the build-up. So it's hard then if you don't think he's strong in the build-up to see what is he like a special special teams guy that you're going to bring out when you play West Brom and Stoke. Yeah. I don't know. I don't see it.
0: Okay. No teaching an old dog new tricks? No. He's not. not,
1: (laughs) Not in this case. Not getting
0: on okay. now, isn't he, so. uh, Howard, back to you, mate. Um, the right-back is... Phew, it's so hard to call, isn't it? Um, Navas for you, perhaps, this weekend? Even yeah, for but... Nardino, Zaba,
2: who, who's Zaba? Uh, no, I'd a- say Navas has been... I mean, I presume Sany's still injured. Mm. Uh, we'd have a decision to make otherwise.
1: He is, st- he is still
2: injured. Yeah. No, Navas has done okay. I'll be quite happy for him to... Yeah, considering where we are right now, and I'm not saying for the next three years, but uh, I think Navas will play. Yeah, he's done, he's done his job okay in the last few games. Uh, yeah. I think he keeps his place. Uh, he don't want, don't seem too keen on putting Zabaleta back in the team. So uh, even his crossings improved a bit from right back. So maybe he feels less pressure. But. Uh, yeah. I think it just I suits do. him better because it's not all about the crossing, is it? So yeah. Okay, And, and, and it's work rate as well, you know. So again, it's an energetics, hard working side, then Navas is when it makes most sense. So
0: Yeah. Uh A-san, uh Fernandinho, uh, Delph, Yaya, Of those three, can you, who can you see starting? Um and just kind of extending on that, who can you see? Kind of, you know, laying down roots for an established spot from now until the end of the season.
1: I'd be really surprised if it's. I don't think it'll be Torre because I think mm. that Southampton were very good on the break and uh, they'll run off Torre all day long. So I don't, I don't see it being Torre. It's a difficult one because I would, I would pick Elf and I would pick Elf just because he was more or less man of the match against Hull. So it would be odd to just take him out now. What I can see happening is De Bruyne missing out again. So I can envisage a situation where the team that gets picked is Delft, Fernandinho, and Silva as a midfield trio, and then Sterling, Sane, and and Aguero. Mm.
0: And how how will that kind of impact on our build-up? I mean, you you would expect that to be more central then as a consequence. Well. I don't think
1: that that Fernandinho is... um, I don't think he's great in terms of his range of passing. Um, So I think that having Delph and Fernandinho in there may be a little bit one-dimensional. But the flip side of that is that by doing that, you kind of afford Silva more responsibility. And I don't necessarily have a problem with that with the form that he's in. I think it'll be. I think it'll be a battle of the wings. I really do. Um, and I, I'll go one step further. I think that whoever wins the battle between um, Bertrand and Sterling and Sane and, and Cedric Suarez wins that game. I think that's yeah. where the game is won or, won or lost. Because I'd say that those two, those two fullbacks, are going to be key to trying to stop what are our two most dangerous attacking players. And they're sort of, you know, it's it's a, it's a really, really great test because for me, I'd have both of those 2 fullbacks full-backs in, in City side all day long. So it'll be really interesting to see how they stand up against our two wing Wizards.
0: Well, actually, we're going to return to that point very shortly, what you just said there. But um, lastly, before we move on, Howard, I've got a general question for you, and sorry to just kind of throw this at you, but... <laughs> Are the players who you expect to start this weekend who particularly need a strong showing, a big game?
2: Uh, well, whichever of Fernandinho or De Bruyne starts, and right. I think if A wrong at all, then it could be De Bruyne instead of Fernandinho. I don't think both will play. So yeah. whichever one, both, I would love to see a strong showing from them. Uh, as always, Aguero, so that we don't have to discuss him. <laughs> we don't have to talk about whether he's putting enough work in or missing chances. So just for that reason, please score a hat-trick. Uh, but yeah, uh, I would say, obviously, if Bravo is in net, that's an obvious choice. But I think Fern- if either or both Fernandinho and De Bruyne are in, I'd love to see big performances from them because they're the ones that have been off the boil. Uh, Sana's gone a bit off the boil, but he's a youngster, obviously. You so, oh, I mean, a bit. I don't mean he's been terrible. He's just been, he's just dropped off from I mean, You know, he was sensational for a good six weeks at least. Uh, yeah, he has. He's missed a couple of chances and uh well, yeah, quite a few to be honest. Uh, so, I'd love to see him get on the score sheet but I think it's that midfield area that I'd love to see the big performances from. So, yeah, okay,
1: definitely. Got well, with that.
0: You said there, Aysan, how highly you rated the fullbacks and how you'd love them in the City team, and I 100% agree. Um, for both of you and whoever speaks first goes first. This is from Bolt from the Blue on Twitter, who asks, "Is there anyone in Southampton squad you'd like to see move to City this summer?"
1: Go on, Aysan. <laughs> you know, I haven't given haven't given both the fullbacks the big big up. I'm not going to pick either of them. Um, <laughs> I, I'd, for me, I'd take Van Dijk and Ward-Prowse.
0: Mm. Ward-Prowse is kind of deceptive, though, isn't he? he? He can be very impressive, and his set pieces are incredible. He's worth signing just for his set pieces alone, quite frankly. But he can be ineffective quite often. Um, and so I don't know if, I, if if he's still progressing, if he's still got a lot to learn, or if this is a finished article. But, um, yeah, he's he
1: kind of hot and cold for me. Yeah, I mean, I I, I would... Uh, I I suspect that most Southampton fans would agree with that. I think the thing for me with Ward Prowse is that he's got a passing, a range of passing and a passing ability that is right up Guardiola Street. And I think that one of the reasons why he's inconsistent is because of his size, because he's not the, he's not the biggest and he's not the quickest, right? Um, And I'm not sure that I guess that that's why at times he struggled in a Southampton side for me personally I don't think he'd struggle in our city side I think he'd be a revelation in our centre mid and I think he could play in our centre mid he could play as he could easily easily that role those roles that De Bruyne and, 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 and Silver play he could comfortably play that role Really. That's a big shout. No, he really. He, he's got that. He's got that sort of. I mean, look, he's used to playing. One of the things again, it's like he's so versatile. Again, something that Guardiola would love. But he's used to playing from deeper. He's used to playing as a number ten. He's used to playing from wide. I mean, it's he's intelligent enough that because that's the thing I think with if you look at if you look at the for all the technical ability of Silver and De Bruyne, when we've struggled in centre mid, they've struggled, and I think that they've. It's always about. When we don't have the ball, how robust you are, how intelligent you are, how tenacious you are. And I just, I think Ward-Prowse would be a wonderful addition to our midfield. And I think that he could, even though he's not the biggest and he's not the quickest, I think he could do a job. And the Van Dijk shout, I mean, it just speaks for itself. I think yeah, the graph in the league, so.
0: Well, I mean, Klopp certainly seems to think so, doesn't he? <laughs> have you seen that comment? Oh my God. I would he say. Um, he's, uh, who was the players he he said um, Van Dyke was in favour of?
1: It, well, it wasn't Klopp who said it. Paul Joyce wrote a piece in no, like, yeah. this morning where he said that Liverpool have decided to pursue <laughs> Van Dyke over Bonucci because Klopp <laughs> that would it. prefer the attributes of Van Dyke to benucci <laughs> Now I'm not saying. I have a lot of Liverpool supporting friends. Maybe there's a Liverpool supporter listening to this podcast going, why are you taking the piss, a I'm not taking the piss. I'm sure that if Liverpool really wanted to, they could get Van Dijk and they could push the boat out and get him. Having said that, I don't think they've got a chance in hell ever of getting Benucci. So it's such a weird name to throw into the mix. It's a bit like when I read... um, I read who's um, my favourite, yeah, Miguel Delaney wrote, because he's my favourite Man United troll, and, hmm. uh, after Duncan Castles. And he wrote last week that, uh, um, that United have told Real Madrid that they're not going to get De Gea unless United get Tony Cruz or Ronaldo or another Real Madrid star. And I'm just like, yeah, because those Real Madrid stars are going to be queuing up to leave Real Madrid to join... A Europa League side. Um, <laughs> come on. But I guess um, Howard, Howard, I didn't um, ask you about the
0: Southampton team. Um, is there anyone you'd you'd like City to, to go for in the summer or anyone who basically could, you know yeah, add some will, quality Yeah, yeah. The full backs are obviously Cedric's. I think Cedric's a superb player.
2: Yeah. I do have I mean, not seen a huge amount of Southampton this year. Then what's what's Liverpool's right back call do they get off? Natty Klein, I've, Nathaniel Klein. Yeah, just sorry, I will come back to this properly. What do you th- <laughs> think of, do? You think he's good enough for City? Because I just yeah. get this. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, think, quite frankly, I know, I know all these players are, will make are better than what we've got. Yeah. But in the, my head, I'm still dreaming of something even better. I know uh, it just I know sounds. Me. I know it sounds.
1: What do you think we greedy.
2: need? What What do you think? No, well, it's just this thing of wanting a big net. I don't know what everything don't. I, I want. I want a Mendy who goes forward but can also defend and <laughs> just, just doesn't stop running for ninety minutes. And he's twenty-one years old, and you know, you just you want everything, don't you? And life doesn't work like that. Yeah. I think the fullbacks would improve us. Van Dyke, my only problem. I just I'm getting the. I am wary of Bonucci aside I'm wary of his constant big spending on central defenders. I wish we could have unearthed someone. It's just a. I don't know. I've seen, I know what I've seen is good, but I've not really seen enough of Van Dyke to know for sure that he's he's the future. But uh, just look I, wouldn't be against, I wouldn't be against signing him. He's clearly a classic player, but he's injured for now, obviously, and uh, something you'd have to wait for. But yeah, just Birch and I don't, Klein, yeah, Birch and Klein, they, they produce these very good players, but I don't know. They just leave me. Wanted just a little bit more, but there'd still be an improvement of what we've got, so... Well, when I watch
0: Bertrand, I mean, you know, I'm a fan, I rate him, but what I will say is I interview kind of former players for a betting website, and if it's ever a defender, a common question will be, who, you know, let's say it's a former Arsenal player, who would you like to see Arsenal sign in the summer or whatever, and, you know, I've often asked that question. I can name five players who have mentioned Bertrand I mean, just come straight out of the bag, just saying, you know, they rate him so footballers yeah. very highly rate Bertrand. I mean, I don't see it to that extent. I have to say, but they know far better than I do. So
1: I rate him that highly. I, I, I think I'm, am a little bit like I, I, I can't believe that nobody's moved for him. I can't. Yeah, believe that I will say that. Yeah, that nobody's moved yeah. for him. That's the first thing, and the second thing, which is the even more staggering thing, is you always forget this. He was a Chelsea player. Chelsea didn't yeah. go. He's quite old. Wow. So it's twenty seven. Yeah, it's twenty seven now. But Chelsea only sold him like a year ago or two years ago, and the fee was only like twelve or forty million pounds, something like that. I don't know. Like, I feel like sometimes with scouting at top clubs, like I, I don't fully because I think I felt the same about Danny Rose when Danny Rose played. He had a season on loan at Sunderland, didn't he? Um, and and when he had that season on loan at Sunderland, I remember watching him then and going, he's top. What's going on? Why is why is he on loan from Spurs? Why, why Yeah, I, I don't understand that. He's really top. Um so yeah, I'm a, a bit 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 baffled as to why nobody's moved for Bertrand and and I would definitely have him and I didn't pick either of the full backs because I wanted to say Ward Prowse. I just can't be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> Has Ward um, Prowse
2: made an England squad yet Oh, yeah, yeah, the, last one, was yeah. the first one. last one was it? I right. yeah. just pay yeah. such little attention to England at yeah, all. he's but only twenty two into right. so He's got. And before fear. we move on and to, to the final section, uh, just a
0: quick shout out to Joe, City Till I Die, and Cali Citizen on Twitter who have asked, put questions forward which we've already answered. So thanks to them for that. Um, right, let's move on, just look in a more general sense of this weekend. Uh, as I alluded to earlier, it's a potentially defining weekend because City win, United lose, as the song goes. Suddenly we're, we're seven points clear. Uh, okay with them with a the game in hand but you know the gap will be significant then so looking at other fixtures where can you see kind of you know results going our way as it were
1: isn't it Chelsea United this weekend
0: yes yeah on the Sunday at United yeah.
1: sorry at United
0: yeah, uh, yeah. at United yeah. so obviously that, that gives it more kind of uh, you know more chance of Chelsea getting something considering their home form at the moment
1: I think, to be honest, I think that um, I don't think United will beat Chelsea. That's the first thing. Uh, I think Chelsea might even win just because United drew one-one with with Anderlecht last night, and the return leg is next week, and they've pretty much got all their eggs in the winning the Europa League basket. Um, so I can, for example, envisage a situation where Mourinho rests players on on Sunday. And is extra extra negative. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he resigns one, Darren Fletcher. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, if, he, if he could, he would. Do you know what I mean? Like, just like that sort of classic Mourinho of just play like you know nine at the black, nine at the back, and and one up top by himself, and just you know just see if he can yeah. grind it's out a, a point. A point. a second leg against Underlet uh, next week. I feel like it is. I feel like yeah. it is. Yeah, because I. Yeah. I, I that's I, more likely than
2: it'll do that, isn't he will do thats not it well, mm. it's also the week after, so it can't be then. So, yeah. So you might, you, I, don't know. I can't what um, rest in it for such a big game, but uh, sorry to put in Liverpool or West Brom on the early I was
0: going to say that. Though.
2: Howard, do you kind of...
0: I mean, that's potentially that's a very tricky one for Liverpool, but West yeah. Brom have just had a
2: dip in form in the last month. Um, how do you see that one going? Yeah, I'd still fancy Liverpool, but West Brom, good at set-pieces. Liverpool's weakness like Arsenal yeah. when Arsenal went there Popham, uh, weaknesses set pieces so that's where West Brom could really prosper uh, if they get free kicks and corners and all that that's where the hope lies uh, Arsenal at Middlesbrough so you no, on the Monday night again God knows what could happen so I mean you don't know if their heads have gone you kind of wish with Wembley coming up that they have uh, I mean I'm just uh, Spurs are at home to Bournemouth I think Given up on the top two you're just looking at third or fourth now is that a home and, banker Spurs prim- you both yeah. agree with that oh yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. Prim-
1: no 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 Uh-oh. no, no. Spurs- it is ASA Spurs Bournemouth isn't a home banker for me
2: Okay, it is, and you can replay me saying
1: that on next I, week's I'm, 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 <laughs> I've won <I'm>, seven <laughs> 0 I'm an absolute expert at being completely wrong on these podcasts, so it's cool. <laughs> I, I, I have no shame in that sense. Uh, but no, it's just not a home banker for me. I just, I, my, my, like, so, so, Spurs were great last weekend. I watched the Spurs game, but it's easy to be great when you score two wonder goals in the first fifteen minutes and you two nil up against a side who had no interest in. In attacking in the first place um and I think that's that's pretty much what happened i mean they they play some excellent football but those were two absolute wonder goals I mean yeah it's that changes the complexion of a of a football of a football match when you score goals like that um and I just I, I think that Bournemouth are are a decent side and and I don't think that they'll roll over for Spurs um so it's not a home banker watch them win 8-0 now
0: well I I want to finish on a really weird question which is directly kind of uh, associated to Spurs this is how I've been feeling the past couple of weeks and I've questioned myself for feeling this way Spurs I feel are beyond us they're seven points beyond us I hate Chelsea I hate everything about Chelsea I always have held, hated Chelsea I know a lot of Spurs fans, and I like them. I don't like Spurs as a club. I don't like Spurs as a general fan base, if you like. But, you know, I've got a lot of work colleagues who are Spurs fans. There's a lot to like about the team. I I do want Spurs to win the league. I found myself kind of semi-routened. Like last weekend, for example, is a perfect example. I was pleased that they won. Now, am I alone in this? Is Spurs away from us? They've gone can we now see it as a two-way, you know... Yeah, I'm...
2: gone, yeah. yeah. You might be alone in wanting Spurs to win. <laughs> on the axis of evil, there's still... I mean, there's, there isn't really much... Yeah, there's no reason for me to like Chelsea, but I'm kind of used to the winning stuff. It doesn't affect me. Right. And, we, and obviously, Do you United, be, be okay with United, United are number one in the axis of evil, obviously. But Liverpool I love that there second. is an axis of evil. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Liverpool are second, not because I hate the club, but let's just imagine. I mean, we almost saw yeah, 2014. Exactly. Imagine yeah. a world when they have just won the league. And yeah. That's the world where you stay off the internet for three months at least. And <laughs> yeah. just draw the curtains, <laughs> go into your safe room, and just have a little cry because you don't want to go onto the internet or see. You know, anyone. it's
1: still, it's still, it's still the year that they nearly won the league. Like
2: that's yeah. how it's referred to. Like, but Chelsea, yeah, but Chelsea, I can just, I can accept it, you know, and. Spurs no I don't like that <laughs> I okay. think they've got that North London arrogance but yeah, you know, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure they think we're all horrible
1: Mancunians as well so it's just I'm football, you, Steve, r- football we, rivalry Thank you things. very much I was going to ask Ethan so uh, would I, you prefer Spurs I, to win Yeah I would prefer Spurs to win the league not for the reason that you want Spurs to win the league though I want Spurs to win the league because I think that there's going to be a serious arms race to sign players this summer And I think that Chelsea being champions will give them the edge in a head-to-head over other Premier League clubs. Whereas I think Mm. if they end up finishing second and Spurs end up winning the league, it's not really going to make a difference when you go knock. It's like they they won the Champions League and they signed Hazard. And they signed Hazard because Hazard was joining the European champions. And he more or less said it like that as well. Um, And so I, I think that yeah I think that and also Spurs, if they even if they win the league, they're not gonna they're not really going to be buying in that pool that we're buying in. You see what I mean so yeah for, absolutely for, for me, it's not really that doesn't really create a problem in the transfer market if Spurs win the league, whereas I think that if Chelsea do win the league, which I think they are going to do anyway, uh, I think that creates a problem because I think this summer there's like the the Chelsea United um, city. Um, potentially Arsenal, certainly Liverpool, um, Paris Saint-Germain, maybe Real Madrid, maybe even Barcelona. All these clubs not only are they buying players, but they're buying players for the same damn positions. And there's yeah. not a massive pool of players who were good enough to, play, you see what I mean, to play for those clubs. So I just feel as though, maybe I'm completely wrong, but I feel as though it's going to be crazy competitive this summer, and. I wouldn't want Chelsea to be champions because I just feel that it'd give them an edge. Um, can I ask you both a question? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Spurs came really close to signing Sadio Mane last summer. Had they signed Mane, would they be would they be top of the league right now?
0: Well, that would certainly be closer. You'd expect. Um, there's been times where he's been unplayable, isn't it? So
1: I, I think they would. I think they'd have won the league. Hmm. I just but would,
0: you
2: know, it's I a know different who, circumstance. it might not have settled. Hey, eh? I don't know. I think. Been a home and away discrepancy. Yeah, he could have gotten, could have made a difference in some away. I mean, at home, I don't think it's made much difference. They've been super strong there, are not they? Yeah. But he, he could make a difference in some key away games. Yeah.
1: Well, if you look but at then, the who's he in there without him, then it yeah. gives you an idea of, of the difference. Well, his goals he's made as well, in And he's yeah, scored just, goals. And he's, if you've goals, watched him, yeah. like, for me, it's one thing, like, it's one thing looking at stats on a piece of paper. If you've actually watched him play, he looks like he's gone up from a level from the player who was at Southampton. Um, Yeah. Yeah. so, yeah, I just think that had they signed, because I I read the other day that they came really, really close and that they really pushed the boat out financially, but couldn't quite get it over the line. I think had they done, they, they may well have won the league. And that,
0: I I, I think there's an article in that, you know, on kind of basically, you know, uh, near misses who could have changed the whole destiny of a title.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because I think, you know, it's the same the other way, isn't it? That, Mm. Um, Sanchez came really close to joining Liverpool before he joined Arsenal. Hazard to us as well. Yeah, Hazard to us. Willian almost went to Spurs. You remember that the he, on the day that he was meant to be signing for Spurs, he signed for Chelsea. Uh, the 500 players that United almost signed. <laughs> <laughs> for bail
2: Yeah, <laughs> they obviously want. They wanted to come. They just couldn't. Uh, just couldn't agree terms or something strange yeah. Odinio yeah (laughs) yeah. so many so many it's time to wrap up and
0: thank you very much for listening in today so uh, thank you Howard Uh, you're welcome a
2: pleasure I can eat now (laughs) yeah
0: you can get back to your chicken salad there mate oh thank god Um, thank you A a pleasure as always mate Okay, I'll well, tune in next time. Uh, in fact, I'll hand over to Asan to uh, finish off because there may be some uh, little plugs to endure before you sign off.
1: Oh, that's very nice of you. Um, Yeah, we will be back next week with a review of the Southampton game. We will also have another couple of transfer specials. We're going to be talking to Jonathan Johnston from from ESPN and BN Sport in France about the links that we've had with all the Monaco players. Hopefully we'll be Mm -hmm. talking to Martin Blackburn Um, just about players that we've been linked with in the UK. So yeah, as always, if you like what we do, go to iTunes, hit subscribe, send us a tweet, share our podcasts with your friends. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening.